situation is mighty queer like the Yankee girl the native swoon when she heard the bingle croon drinking rum and so you going to sing it no i'm good <laughs> we'll turn people away <laughs> what's up guys welcome to first to jump world war ii reenacting episode two i guess yeah number two number two yeah, yeah, let's cut that off. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Before we start singing over here, and that's something you don't want to, um, you don't want to hear for sure. Yeah, I'll be running people off like I just said, man. Don't want them to hear none of that. <laughs> What's up, guys? I'm Josh, joined here by Jack, co-host Jack. You can check us out also on History Saver 1941 on YouTube. You'll see Jack in a couple of episodes. Um, we do World War II reenacting stuff, ration reviews, and... A lot of history themed stuff. Some's not World War II. Most of it is. Um, but anyway, on our last episode, just kind of uh, told you guys a little bit about us, about our backgrounds, where we are, who we do, or what, what we do. All right. <laughs> wow. Oh, we're getting this kicked off right, huh? Uh, I guess so. <laughs> I need to slow down on the German coffee over here. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> but yeah, I've got some uh, Jacob's. German coffee I'm drinking right now in a, uh, well, the only way to drink it is in the canteen cup. Alrighty, huh? So, yeah. Set in the mood, I guess. Set in the mood. You gotta always be in the mood, man. I guess We're so. reenacting even when we're not reenacting. That's the way to do it. So, um, yeah. So, this is episode number two for this week. It's not going to be the norm. We're going to have one episode a week, uh, whether Jack joins me in studio over the phone or if we have someone else or flying solo or whatever we may do. We're going to try to get you at least one episode a week up, uh, pushing forward. Uh, make sure you go check out Reenactors Corner on uh, wherever you stream your uh, podcasts. Um, Apple Podcasts is pretty much where I go. So uh, iTunes, whatever it's called, um, Apple Podcasts, I guess that is the name. Uh, yeah. Spotify, whatever. Spotify. Yeah. Ben and uh, Ben and Chris doing a good job over there, um, doing a really good drummer perspective we're gonna bring you a lot of u.s perspective and mainly just perspective on reenacting just a general perspective yeah kind of add to what those guys are doing over there but uh supplementing the reenactor community good that's a good word is it yeah supplementing yeah. so on the last episode we told you what to expect on this episode if you haven't listened to it go back and listen to it it's only 15 minutes long but uh this past weekend i went to an event jack is a newlywed man he got married two weeks ago, so uh, it would have been kind of bad if Jack would have spent his first weekend as a married man in a foxhole with me. Yeah, <laughs> that wouldn't have been a uh, good situation. No. So uh, tell me about it, buddy. How did it go? Okay, so the event was the Road to Aachen. It was it was taking it took place in Beatrice, Alabama. For those of you who do not know where that is, where you're probably never going to know where it is unless you come to the event because it's in the middle of freaking nowhere. Um, there's a Dollar General five miles down the road. Hey, high class living. Yeah, yeah. A gas station too with some awesome uh, corn nuggets. So, if you guys don't know where corn nuggets is, where you're probably from up north, and it's a southern thing, and they are extremely freaking good. But uh, anyway, it was an immersive event, and it was focused around Aachen, of course, um, October 1944 time frame. And uh, it was a cool event. It was a first time event for the site. Um, in that capacity, as far as an immersive 
setting. Mm -hmm. It was a private event, and um, we had probably 40 guys show up. Well, it's not a bad turnout, especially no. for a first event. No, we had Kelly Zeros join us on the U.S. lines for uh, for the event. And those of you who are not familiar with Kelly Zeros, this organization, uh, Rain or, you know, unit organization out of Georgia. And those guys, man, let me tell you, they're legends. Those guys were like, <laughs> they were on it, bro. Johnny on the spot, huh? Dude, I'm going to tell you what. Like, okay, for this event, our primary focus was, you know, the Germans and U.S. side were going to dig into um, – Forty-five positions, so we dug foxholes. All of our guys on the U.S. side dug foxholes, stayed two days in the foxholes, and we did get that immersive experience. It was very cold at night, pretty warm throughout the day. I think it was seventies during the day, but it fell to thirties at night. So uh, you froze your butt off at night and was got hot at times during the day, but it it was perfect, perfect, perfect weather. And uh, we, we were able to eat K-rations, D-bars, and stay in combat for pretty much the entire time. I think at two days between Friday and Saturday, I spilled 250 rounds of ammunition. Hmm. And ammo is not cheap. No, I, we uh, we covered that pretty good bit in the last episode about how everything's no how the price, we didn't no we didn't cover that in the and last that might, that might have been a little test episode we threw out yeah we you know you got to throw a test episode out for you just go full circle with this thing mm -hmm. so uh, but but yeah we'll 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 cover everything that you know in this episode on that a little bit later we'll talk about ammunition cost things but uh, I think every guy that showed up at least on our GI side. You know, M1 Grand Rifles are semi-automatic. Then, you know, you got, we had a 1919 and a uh, BAR and, you know, all that semi-automatic or fully automatic stuff. And when you're firing for two days straight, you, you go through a lot more ammunition than you think you will. It goes by quick, that's for sure. Yeah. And we had German patrols coming by at night. And uh, I think my favorite part of the whole event was that Friday night, we're in the foxholes. And you've got German scouts, German patrols coming through. Mm -hmm. Universal sign for, hey, I'm not combatant at this time if you need to run your truck or something like that, bathroom, was to take off your helmet. Okay. So I had to run to the truck, took off my helmet. I'm in command of the, all the GI forces. I'm walking back from my truck and I, I pass a GI, you know, I mean, uh, German on the road and he's fully outfitted, MP40, you know, helmet on. And he's walking back from our lines towards me and I'm, not hearing any shots anything going on and i'm kind of like okay we're fully immersed here what is this guy doing he looks at me he's like you go this way i go that way i'm like uh-huh so i get back over there and i'm like hey guys did you uh did you happen to see a german walk through here they're like no 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 we've been all good i'm like really like, yeah yeah so i knew what this guy was doing okay mm -hmm. well if you're a german scout you pass through u.s lines no shots fired. Nobody notices you. What are you going to do during an immersive event? I'm sure going to tell my buddies they ain't paying attention. Exactly. So that's exactly what this guy did. And, uh, you know, I got back to the lines and I'm sitting there and I'm like, hey, guys, you didn't see this guy pass through now? Okay, well, this is what we're going to do. Kid up. Get your ammo ready. Send out a scouting party. We happen to have some um, simulators with us. Mm -hmm. You know, just some things that go make a heck of a boom. Okay. And uh, so I'm, I sent them with two of them. I said, I want you guys to go out on the scouting mission, see what they're doing. And when you're clear, deploy these things 
And then I want every man and every foxhole lighting up this wood line. Mm-hmm. So they deployed in that whole wood line who just opened up with automatic and semi-automatic fire. And sure enough, the next day when I was talking to the German commander, he was like, yeah, we were actually gearing up to come attack you guys. And all of a sudden we heard boom and every one of us hit the dirt. <laughs> you know? And we thought twice about attacking you. So, I mean, yeah, it's things like that to stick out of the events like that. They're a lot of fun. And it was a really good first first event for the site. Mm-hmm. And we're actually, uh, Jack and I are in the works right now with someone else putting together the next event. So uh, it's going to be another immersive event, another um western front of it yeah and um we're centering i think we're centering around what something in the netherlands right now mm-hmm. uh looking in the, in the netherlands region uh late 44 yeah so you know there's gonna be more to come on that you guys are hearing more about that event that event will be out there and you're all invited absolutely please come oh yeah you're you know if you're british ss Awesome well, Jaeger, it, it, GI. It depends on what the event is because I mean we we are implementing pretty strict guidelines as to what we're doing. Yeah. So um, we're we're trying to get better and better at the uh, immersion events, trying to get everything proper as we can. Yeah, I mean the the the, the basis I could tell we could tell you right now would be this: be ready to come, have fun, mm-hmm. and probably miserable at the same time. And, and you know that I mean for me the best experiences I've had isn't shooting or any of the tactical experiences. It's been almost miserable, but I'm miserable with a good group of people. Um, I'm in a hole, I'm cold, I'm wet. It sucks, (laughs) but guess what? Everybody else on this line is in the same position I'm in. And that makes the best memories. It it does. Ooh, Oopsie over there. <laughs> but uh, it does make for the best. You know, I had a really good time. I was cold. I was wet. It was muddy. But at the same time, when you're getting to actually lay in a foxhole in combat, eating a K-ration, making a cup of coffee on a captured Esbit stove or a, a GI, you know, alcohol burner or something like that, it, it it's, pretty, it's pretty fun. Yeah. It, I mean, like I said, I mean, like the shooting part, yeah, it's fun, but it kind of gets old. But just doing mm-hmm. the small, tedious things that you would do in a in a position is really what I enjoy the most. Me too. I, I think I'm past that point now where the combat was the most fun, you know, fun part for yeah, me. I mean, everybody. I mean, like when you're first starting out, like the little tactical things. Yeah, it's a blast. But I mean, it, it's it gets almost a, the same. Yeah, it gets it gets repetitive after a little while, and then you start to really get into the immersive side of it, mm-hmm. and that's when it really for me became really fun mm-hmm. you know is when you like this past weekend you're not worried about the tacticals part yeah you're not worried about the combat part you're looking forward to sitting there in the hole and getting that experience that those yeah, guys d- digging the position you know embracing the 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 suck less, the, well, yeah i mean i don't really know if i consider it the suck because i mean well, one you're not getting <laughs> shot at you're not you don't have any risk of life or limb I, i'm gonna tell you what was embracing this suck for me and what i mean by that Digging that hole in roots and clay mud and it's muddy and we're hitting water tables and trying to figure out how to keep from getting wet when we actually get in the hole by putting leaves and what straw we could find out. That was embracing the suck factor for me because while it sucks at the same time, it's like once you get in there, you're like, dude, I just dug a fox hole. This is awesome. Yeah. And then like, and then it's like 
two o'clock in the morning. Everybody else there is doing the same thing. And you're trying just to stay warm. Trying to stay warm, but you're also sitting there talking, having fun. I mean, being quiet at the same time, mm-hmm. trying to maintain the light and noise discipline. It's yeah, it's, it's more than just running around playing cowboys and Indians. I mean, that's not what this is about. No, no. And if you want to, if you kind of want a visual to go along with the, this picture we're painting from you from this event. Uh, for you from this event, go to uh, my my YouTube page, History Saver nineteen forty one. There's two videos up there right now, a part one and part two. You can actually kind of experience a little bit of the event we experienced for ourselves. Uh, of course, it's hard to film at all of these things, but um, it is. It, you know, it's 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 cool for me. A lot of guys have asked me, "How can you film at events and say you're being historically accurate?" Well, here's the thing for me: it's important for me to document these events. Because it helps draw new reenactors in. Yeah. And um, that's like we had a couple of new reenactors come on the GI side this time for this event. You know, one uh, one of these guys was a medic. The other was a, um, he was helping one of the machine gunners. Mm-hmm. And uh, both of them, their first tactical events. And both had said they had seen me on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of a cool deal for me that I kind of maybe played a part in them wanting to get into the hobby yeah. by them watching these YouTube videos, which is the reason why I like doing them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I enjoy doing them, but also it helps get people interested in the hobby. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, it's kind of a, you know, you kind of got to do it at the right times and film at the right times when you're at events like this. But at the same time, it's important to the hobby, I think. Because mm-hmm. it, it is. I mean, you're sharing your experiences to people on the outside who might be oh, interested. Yeah. I mean, it's like you're doing your YouTube videos or even this podcast. You're sharing, we're sharing our experiences, what we've enjoyed, all the positives of it. And it, hopefully it draws people in. You know, and one of the things that this event got me thinking about me, you were talking about this, you know, off, off, you know, microphone a few minutes ago was the difference between your kit and impression. Mm-hmm. What does it mean to be immersive? And what does it mean to immerse yourself? There's a difference between your kit and your impression. Your kit is what you have on your body. It's your uniform. It's your field equipment. It's your helmet. It's your um, Jeep cap. It's your boots. That is your kit. You know, it's your rifle. Your impression is goes you. along with it, but it's totally different. It's you. Yeah. It's your attitude. It's what you're bringing. I mean, yeah, it, sometimes it's difficult on a weekend event to get out of the mindset of, Oh, I've work on Monday. Oh, I've got this due or, you know, it, this outside influence that's prohibiting you from getting in the mindset of 1944 or wh- whatever you're, you're portraying it. But what really improves you as a reenactor is that solid impression. You tune out all the outside influence and you get into the influence that you're portraying this person from, Many, many years ago. And see, the way, the easy way to think about it is your kit goes along with your impression. Your impression goes along with your kit. Mm-hmm. You know, you could get a uniform brand new. When you get that uniform brand new, do some aging to it. Make it weathered. Make it look like it's worn a little bit. You know, do you could do small things like that to improve your impression. You could take your helmet net, you know, make it a little you know, a couple of holes in it or something. Make it look worn a little bit. Yeah, man, it's more on the kit side. Yeah. I mean, it, it goes along with how good you're portraying your impression, mm-hmm. but your impression is more or less how you act. Yeah. I mean, you're not talking about something that's occurred in 2023. Yeah. I mean, you're not talking about, Oh, I went to the bar last weekend and did something fun yeah. or like just, 
you're tuning out all, like I said, the outside modern influence that there is. Yeah, I mean, it's it's your attitude. And for new reenactors coming in, you know, it's hard to get into the hobby enough and get in with that right group. And, you know, there's a lot of things you can talk about here for a new reenactor to un- help them understand a kit versus impression. And it starts at the basis. It starts how you get into the hobby, who you get into the hobby with. I mean, there are some great groups out there. There are some bad groups out there. It is it is perfectly sensible not to free. Um, well, I don't want to use that term. I was going to say free, you know, be a, you know, you get the gist, but don't freebie your way into reenacting and just flow freelance. Yeah. Freelance. There we go. Find, find yourself a good home. There um, we go. Thank you for that. Find, like when you're still, like the, the biggest, the biggest uh, bit of advice I give to people coming in. And a lot of people give the same advice is find, find a unit. Yeah. Um, but what I mean by that is find a unit that you can really fit and jive with. Uh, when I started, I, I didn't take my own advice. I, uh, I found a unit. I mean, which was a good unit. There's a good. It's, yeah. good, it's a good, good group of people, but it was yeah. it was a a kit that I did not want to do. Sure. It was German, and I, I my heart was not into that. So, uh, about a year or so after I joined that unit, I got to know people in the reenacting uh, area around here, and we made some really made some really good friends, and I, I got got with them, and. Uh, I was like, hey, I'm interested in doing this. Would y'all be interested in as well? And sure enough, we agreed. And so we started our own unit. Yeah. And I've had loads more fun doing what my heart was with a group of people that are like-minded, have the same goals and ambitions, what we all want to do as reenactors. Sure. And it has been so much more of a blast. Yeah. I mean, we we both, I was doing German as well when I first started. And don't get me wrong. I really do like the German impressions. I like the equipment. I like the, you know, the uniforms, the different personal items they carried. But, you know, my interest is more with, you know, just like me and Jack, or we do first ID, you know, first infantry division. So, and that's more of like what I, what I enjoy the most, you know, that's kind of my niche, his niche. And if you're a new reenactor, you know, find a good group to get in with, find some guys, that are going to help you out. And the biggest thing as a new reenactor is you have no clue what in the hell you're supposed to buy. You know, you got all these questions about how, what the heck am I supposed to get? And, you know, where do I get it? And where's it coming from? Well, a new group, that's a really good group. They're going to give you a list or someone's going to help you out. Mm-hmm. They're going to gonna guide you yeah. throughout the process. They're going to show you good places to buy go places to go to buy things what, what not to, to buy what to avoid what to get first um and there we'll go deeper into that in later episodes as to what's good to get and what yeah what you need to get first um but yeah like that your your reenact unit is who you're going to lean on to get the first hand first hand advice to what you're going to get and see this is where your kit versus impression comes in your mm-hmm. kit is the first thing you're going to get as a new reenactor. Once you get your kit totally outfitted, then you start working on that impression and you mm-hmm. fine tune an impression. And by impression, does that mean it doesn't include anything you're buying? No. I mean, heavens no. Your impression, I, I include these items up under your impression. That is your hygiene kit, your um, sewing kit, 
your reading material, whether it's the uh, Armed Services uh, Services Forces edition, you know, books and stuff that you read while you're at events, uh, your K rations, your you know, it look like I've got up here on the shelf right now a U.S. Nestle coffee can. I mean, it's just it's just little minor pocket litter things. Yeah, just but, but that's that's stuff that you get later on as you develop. But I mean, but what really improves your impression is, is getting research. In, yeah, well, yeah, you do your research. That's a big thing first. Do your research within the unit that you're decided to betray or whatever unit you've joined. But the impression goes along with the unit you're in, the attitudes that y'all you all bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, the experiences that you will share will build that bond that will help improve your impression as an individual and as a unit. And, you know, one of the biggest red flags for a new reenactor, if, if you are a new reenactor listening, one of the biggest red flags you want to watch out for is if you're talking to a unit about joining, and right off the bat, it's just a lot of negative negativity, you know, talking bad about this event, talking yeah. bad about this person. That's probably a unit you probably want to get, you know, steer away from. And then finding a unit that's positive, that's excited about reenacting, to have training events, you know, go re- out and do things. Yeah. I mean, it's not, you don't have to go to just events, well, events, make your own thing, go out and camp for a, a weekend, do stuff with your unit. That's not just massive events. Exactly. I mean, some of the, to be honest, I've not had the funnest times. My funnest times in reenacting have been at training events. Mm-hmm. Me too. Learning stuff, staying in the field, eating, you know, period food, making coffee on a captured esbit burner or, you know, alcohol stove. But as a new reenactor, you know, a lot of research comes with the territory of doing this hobby. It's not a hobby you could step into and say, okay, well, I'm not going to do any reading, any research. It is a must. And the first thing you want to start or I suggest starting is a soldier's basic field manual. I mean, that is your bread and butter of how to be a world war ii soldier american at least i mean it gives yeah. you the basics of how they were to act in the field um it just gives you a baseline as to what they knew in their head what what do you think was your biggest challenge as a new reenactor coming in i've kind of i've kind of spoke about this but it was just finding my my home yeah um like i said i, I joined a unit where i wasn't my heart wasn't in it and I almost got burned out um, because it just wasn't, I wasn't enjoying it as much as I thought I sure. would. But yeah, my biggest challenge was finding a group of people that I really jived with that I knew I could stick with for the long run, that I would have a blast at every event and doing an impression that my heart was in that I could do every single time. You know, I think for me, it was pretty much the same thing when I started out, which was you know several years before I think you did. Um, I started out doing ninth SS. German. It was a lot of fun, but at the same time, you know, I enjoyed the, I was with a great group of guys, great group of guys, still friends with them now, but, um, I, I, I wanted to do American more and there weren't a lot of, there was not a lot of American units in this area where we live now. So we, um, we had to, I kind of had to wait for one to come along. And then when one didn't come along, you know, I met some people like Jack over here, and we just kind of got up and said, hey, let's do our own thing. Yeah, and that's the thing. A good piece of advice I would like to say is don't be scared to take the job. No. To do something else. I mean, yeah, it's kind of sucks that you're leaving a unit that you first started with that you, you think, I mean, not like abandoning, but you yeah. think you're letting, you're upsetting people. Don't be scared to upset people. If you want to do your own thing, 
that your heart is in with then a group of people, go they should for support it. it. Yeah, go I mean shoot shoot for the stars. I mean, and if if the, the guys in that unit, your buddies and your friends, they'll they'll fully support what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, for, luckily for me, they they did. And then, um, you know, I still have the German impressions. If I ever do want to go to an event and fall in with them. But uh, the the thing is, I have no intention of doing German reenacting. I mean, it's just not, I I enjoy the equipment, the history. But at the same time, you know, GI reenacting is kind of where my, my heart is, my home is. And then, um, you know, it, it appeases to me a lot more, which... You know, for anyone listening to this, you you may want to do German more than you do U.S. There's nothing wrong with that. And people have their hearts in different things, and that is, yeah. that's what is good. You know, there's a lot of, whether you want to do Russian or, you know. Or British. British. Or, or something obscure. I mean. Yeah. There's guys out there that do Australian. I mean, if that's what you want to do, you want to do Australian, there's guys and units out there that do that. And that's. That's the thing about the hobby. You can kind of do whatever you want to do. And don't be afraid to travel and reach out to people in other places. I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes people are limited to where, to their region. But if you find a group that you really drive, jive with, that'll have you across the country and you're able to do it, go for it. Yeah. I mean, this weekend is uh, the Battle of the Bulge, Kentucky. Um, today is what, Thursday when we're recording this. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, January the 12th, 2022, I mean, 2023, <laughs> I'm still stuck last year, buddy. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's great events like that. Kentucky is a, the battle of Bulls, Kentucky, I think is a great starter event for, for a guy. I mean, and if you don't know any units and that's a lot of people's problem, well, where do I find the units? Google, Facebook, or, or if you have to freelance it and go to an event, Go to the event with a sole purpose of what you want to take out of the event is showing is getting a unit to join. Yeah, I mean there are people that will have you. I mean, get to know people. I mean, I, it's extremely hard on the outside looking in because I remember this years and years ago. Yeah. There was like, where do I go? Where do I go? Um, especially in the southeast. Um, I was in Mississippi at the time. There was hardly anybody. Yeah. I had to. I mean, I just so happened re- found an acquaintance that uh that I just ran across that did, did German. That's how I got into it. You know, where we live, even, even now where we live in South Alabama, um, there's a lot of freelancers. There's not as many units. There's a few, but uh, there's a lot of freelancers mm-hmm. and it's, it can be hard for someone new to the hobby in this particular area to find a unit because there's just not any units here, Harley. But you know, Hey, if you're listening to this podcast, you're in an area and you want to get into reenacting, Contact us, historysaver1941 at gmail.com. Here's your email to contact. Don't, I mean, don't be scared to reach out. If, even if you don't want yeah. to do American, we'll find you yeah. the point of contacts for German or Japanese. Yeah, there's, or stab, there's stab groups around here. Uh, there's Fossen Jaeger groups. There's, um, you know, Naval groups, Marine Corps groups. Mm-hmm. There, there's, there's a lot more, pe- there's a lot more groups out here than I ever would have thought. Yeah. It's just so obscure and it's not advertised, especially nowadays. No, no. Facebook is so hit and miss these days because pages going up, being taken down. And, you know, Facebook can be kind of hard to know even where the look sometimes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, contact us. Even if you're not from this area and you're looking at getting reenacting, even if New York somewhere, we make it help you find a unit better than you know how to. So, I mean, just because you're new to the hobby, you may not know how to go about doing it. Maybe we can help you out with that. Yeah, we'll at least try our best. I mean, yeah. 
reach no. out if you have any questions or concerns or if you just have a vague interest in joining because we will more be more than happy to help you out. And the best the best advice is go in with a good attitude. Absolutely. Come in. I mean, it's 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 hard to not buy into a lot of the negative mm-hmm. things that are out there, especially on social media. A lot yeah. of the drama, unfortunately, is there. We're human. People like to focus on the negatives, on the drama. Everybody likes to dive into the drama. But just try your best, especially starting out. I mean, in general, just don't buy into it. And don't, don't look into it. Don't join the drama. Don't try too hard to fit in. And don't try too hard because you'll fit in. I yeah. Mean, just be yourself, be who you want to be, and you will find a place. And the biggest thing, if if you want to get a positive outlook from other guys on you, research some gun safety before you go in. If you <laughs> yeah, seriously, you think you think I'm kidding? You think we're picking? But the the serious thing about it is, there's a lot of people who have never fired a gun. Okay, reenacting, we use blank firing adapters. We use blanks, but even still, they can be dangerous, very dangerous. So, I mean, just, uh, there's a lot to learn. Yeah. There's a lot to learn and, uh, just, just kind of keep that in mind and don't fix a bayonet for the love of God. I think we had, we had, I think we're getting a little off topic and it looks like we're getting about to our limit. limit, So, uh, yeah, we're we're starting to span, you know, you get to talk and you just keep going and going and going. I get it. Well, we can make plenty more episodes and we'll cover plenty more topics. Um, thank y'all for listening. Uh, hope y'all tune in more. Uh, it's a new podcast. Just bear with us as we get through our growing pains. But like I said, thank you for joining in and listening to us. Yeah. And if you uh, got any questions, history saver, 1941 at gmail.com. You can check us out on Facebook, uh, YouTube at uh, history saver, 1941. And um, if you've got any questions, comments, concerns, leave them and um, we'll, we'll do our best to answer. Them. So I guess until next time, um, you know, we're, we're the first to jump. First to jump. First to jump. And, uh, have a good one, guys. Yeah. Check out Reenactors Corner with uh, Chris Pittman and Ben. Another good podcast. Until next time, we'll see you soon.